What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Bondo. This is God's Gift to Team Marshall. This is the Boy, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHworld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 89 of ROH Cast. My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. And as always, I'm here with the podcast missionary, Stephen. Hi everyone. And the man simply known as Podcast's Worst Nightmare, John. Yo, how's it going? Uh, we're doing an, an early show this week, because on Monday, as opposed to the usual Thursday, we're here to review Border Wars 2013, which took place this past Saturday, live on iPay-Per-View. Well, I say live, it was sort of live with lots of buffering and intermittent pauses, but... Just a normal Ring of Honor pay-per-view, then. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. It was sort of live, but at least we got to see the finish of the main event this week, uh, this month, rather, so... We'll kick things off talking about the opener, which was uh, Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander taking on ACH and Tadarius Thomas. Now, this match, um, this and the Paul London match had the most buffering issues for me, personally. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see most of this match due to the issues. I think I saw maybe the last half. Um, what I did see was very good. It was exactly what I'd expect from these two great teams. and The, the perfect opener, really, for a pay-per-view. So, Stephen, what did you think of this match? Uh, fortunately, I didn't have any buffering issues. I watched it this morning, which is uh, today's Monday, so Monday morning. It was that match was fine for me. But yeah, it was a uh, it was an awesome match. It was exactly what we expected, really, in, in a really good way. It was you know it was fast paced, it was uh, high flying, it was you know lots of excitement, and it was just uh, you know a really great match between two uh, you know really good teams. And you know I, I think ACH again probably stole the show just because of you know how overeased with the crowd and some of the stuff he did, like the that backflip off the apron was kind of insane and uh yeah that really weird arm drag that he did that just like it just looked really strange but it was awesome there's a lot of stuff that he does that you're like what what was that yeah it's like like, you've never seen before yeah he he is he is way above this team in my opinion already he's he's that good and that over with the crowd and i hope they capitalize on that and make him a singles wrestler I think it's okay for now, just because it's getting him some more experience in Ring of Honor, and that's true. You know, he, he he's you know TD Thomas is good as well, so I think it's helping him. So uh, yeah, he's good at the moment. But as you say, I think you know eventually ACH will be, will break out on his own and will be a, a pretty big name in Ring of Honor. So uh, yeah, this was a really good opening match. Uh, glad CNC actually finally won a match. Yeah, uh, the, the ending was really good as well. I really like the uh, you know their their finishing move. I can't remember. Is it over time? I believe. Yeah, the. Uh, like the jumping hurricane run off the top and then the frog splash that, that looked really good and yeah the whole match was a great way to start the show how about uh, you john the i should call you the keeper of the predictions i think i'm assuming you've got what our predictions were from last week i do have our predictions and all three of us got this correct yeah see you know i know what i'm talking about but well, well, i can't really add anything else other than what you two have said this was a great match Probably one of my favorite matches of the entire show. Got the show yeah. started off on the right foot. It was, like Steven said, fast-paced, high-flying. Just great action from start to finish. And it was just a lot of fun. And this is something Ring of Honor seems to be doing more of lately. Starting shows off with matches like this. Mm. Just something that really gets the crowd going. And I'm happy to see CNC finally pick up some kind of win in Ring of Honor again. I think he went through like a stage. I think it was when Cornette was had like had most of the control where a lot of the opening matches just like didn't seem to fit what an opening match should be and yeah it, but the last like the, well, the last like four or five that i can remember have all been you know the stereotypical sort of opening match you know quick and and uh high flying and plenty of action in it just to get the crowd going and yeah, this didn't, was sort of didn't rest no in spirit tag team open a show once or charlie Haas or something quite possibly I, i'm not saying yeah. I, I know that there was a there was a while where it just sort of they didn't fit, did they? Yeah, they didn't fit with the what the opening match has always been in Ring of Honor. But this one was sort of the stereotypical match, completely what we expected, and was uh, was really good. Moving on, it was supposed to be a triple threat match between Roderick Strong, Mike Bennett, and Mike Mondo. 
But unfortunately, Mike Mondo suffered a quote-unquote training injury prior to the event and was unable to compete. So, uh, do we? Has there been any rumours about the real reason or anything? I don't wish to comment on speculation. I mean, we know that Canada don't like to let offenders into their what kind of country. I don't know. I mean, Maria might have, you know, sent some complaints in about Mondo's behaviour on recent television episodes. So maybe that was it. Who knows? But what did happen is that Roderick Strong defeated Mike Bennett. I was kind of surprised because the usual Mike Bennett thing is he beats quite a, an established guy and then disappears. So now that he appears to actually be sticking around, he can start losing again. So <laughs> um, we were sense. talking about this match before the show and John commented that he couldn't remember anything from this match apart from one thing. And that was when uh, Bennett used a box office smash to pick up the two count. And then out of nowhere, Cheeseburger made his big ring of honor return and started making out with Maria at ringside. And then obviously Bennett was furious charged after him. And Strong was able to capitalise, hit the uh, sick kick and pick up the win. So, John, apart from the cheeseburger antics, or maybe talk about that as well, but what did you think of this match? Yeah, there's another return later in the show, but I think cheeseburger was the big triumphant return of this, uh, of Border Wars. I, I believe, actually, on the was it on the show last week, I said cheeseburger is done, we're not going to see him again. And I was I completely wrong, wasn't I? That's I not like you to be completely again, wrong on predictions. I think, you no, know, what happened is Delirious heard my comments and then came <laughs> a flight specifically just to make me, make me be wrong. But um, this match was okay. It, 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 was, I, it was what you'd expect from a Mike Bennett and Roderick Strong match, I think. Hmm. You know, I just... Mike Bennett is a, a weird one, isn't he? I mean, he's he has sort of come a long way in Ring Runner, I think, since when he first started, but... I still don't look at his matches and you know before and think oh I'm really excited for that match. I mean he's he's a good wrestler. He's just not a great wrestler. I don't you know I don't really know how to put it. He's just not a Ring of Honor style of wrestler in my opinion. You know a lot of people might enjoy watching him and say that he's a great wrestler and that's perfectly fine. And I th- you know he's a good wrestler. I'm not saying he's bad or anything, but he's just not sort of the wrestler that I would like to watch. That but that's just my opinion. I actually like Mike Bennett, and I remember when I was watching this match, I was liking it quite a bit, but I don't really remember much from it other than the cheeseburger situation and and that Bennett was tapping out in the stronghold when Maria had him, had the referee distracted. But other than that, I, this isn't that memorable of, a, memorable of a match. But I know I enjoyed it. I just don't can't tell you a single thing that happened. Other yeah, than it, it wasn't bad or anything, and it had the memorable moment of the cheeseburger <laughs> making out of Maria, so you can't really fault it, to be honest. It's not like it was bad or... No, it's not like, like that, anyone so. was expecting it to be a five-star classic or anything. Yeah. It was number, two, number two on the card, it was probably like a last-minute thing to have these two in a one-on-one match with, with Mondo That's being true. out. I, think it, I was thinking when I was watching it that it would have been a lot better with, with Mondo in it as well, just to give it a bit more... I don't know, just something different. Variety in that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of made notes on every match, and the one thing that really annoyed me at the start of the match, nothing to do with Mondo or Bennett. That's Mondo, Strong or Bennett. That when Bennett and Maria came to the ring, they were like, Bennett's trunks, they were like... Um, <laughs> Where's this going? That, what, what, what? They were like zebra stripes. Yeah, ze- 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 zebra, zebra stripes. Zebra and ke- stripes. And, Kevin, and uh, Maria had like a zebra hood on. And Kevin Kelly said they're, they're wearing matching tiger stripes. No, Kevin <laughs> Kelly, tigers aren't black and white. <laughs> okay, before, okay, let's. I have to say something. There's three things that really annoyed me about this show. Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly. <laughs> the first, the first was the person with the Vuvuzela. Oh my God! Yes. The second, someone, the... someone, wait, 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 wait. Someone on the forum said they had a bag of musical instruments with them. That cannot <laughs> Why were they be let true. In? Why were they let in with that? And how was it allowed to stay there the entire show? I don't know. The second was the person with the air horn. How do you know it wasn't the same person? This oh, bag of musical tricks. Well, then that person's a dick. <laughs> and then the third was Kevin Kelly. I usually don't <laughs> mind Kevin Kelly's commentary. I usually think people are kind of hard on him. But he was awful at Border Wars. Yeah, he was. I've been oh, telling, I was thinking that. I've he been was, telling you this for ages. He was just terrible all night long. Mm. Especially, uh, we'll talk about what he what he was uh, 
saying after the main event where he just repeated the same thing like 15 times. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. I mean, I'm not a massive Kevin Kelly fan, but I've never been as sort of critical of him as a lot of Ring of Honor fans. But I did think he was particularly average uh, at Border Wars. And another thing about Roderick Strong, you know, we said that he doesn't seem to be going anywhere, and he just he just seemed to be face again, like out of nowhere. He was. I mean, the last event, from what I remember, he was a he was a heel, and now he's just suddenly turned. Yeah, he was That's what high, it, it high fans. He, he has to be, though. Shit. He's wrestling Mike Bennett. I know, but it's just like, let, just decide whether you want him to be face or heel and just give him something to do. He's just do, he's just doing nothing. He's going into matches. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if he'd have lost this match. He's won this match. What does it do for him? Nothing, because he's yeah. got nothing to do after this. I mean, he's such a good wrestler that he's, he just needs something to do. Yeah. Uh, he just needs to take some sort of key role in this Scum storyline and maybe just put him with Scum or something because it looks like no one is going to be joining that coming up soon. So, I don't know. Yeah, he just needs something to do. Like He doesn't need to win any belts. He just needs to get some sort of program going that he has some sort of, I don't know, reason for all these matches. I don't know. Yeah, he just seems to be floating up and down the car just randomly with like no kind of momentum or kind of any kind of long-term plans for him, which is a shame. Because he is extremely talented and is one of the cornerstones of Ring of Honor for a long time. Mm. So hopefully they find something for him to do in the near future. So now we move on to our next match. And I believe someone on the uh, the forum commented that for the first time ever, an I Quit match was a filler match. <laughs> I saw uh, that. Um, it's true though. BJ Whitmer defeated Rhett Titus in probably the worst I Quit, I Quit match I've ever seen, I think. It was yeah. It's got to be among the worst, isn't it? Um, yeah. It, it wasn't was... just like one of the worst I Quit matches. This is one of the worst any kind of matches. <laughs> one of the worst. It was like ever. I had quite a bit of buffering issue issues during this, which made the flow of the match even worse than it actually. You were one was. of the lucky ones then. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of it. From what I saw, like I don't think Todd Sinclair understands the rules of an I Quit match because like. Red Titus would do like an angry stomping, like, "Hey, do you want to quit? Do you want to yeah. quit?" It's like. The way they've always been, from what I remember, is that the wrestler tells the ref to ask the other wrestler. The ref isn't constantly in the guy's face with the mic. Do you quit? Do you quit? Should have yeah, asked the fans. It, it just they gets annoying like, as well. It was like the yeah. bell rung. BJ Whitmer hit a clothesline and he was like, Red, do you give up? It was like, it's a clothesline. <laughs> 20 seconds after the bell was just rung. He's not going to say yes, is he? He's not going to yeah. say quit. Oh, it was just so annoying. And like, <laughs> you know, these two in an I quit match, you're going to expect a brawl. Something like what we had with Charlie Haas and BJ Whitmer at... Uh, what pay for you was that 11th anniversary? I believe yeah. so. Yes. Yeah. Um, you'd expect something like that, but there was there was no weapons from what I remember. There was a chair that was brought in for the finish, and the finish I, I still don't really know what happened. I I had to write the live report for this, and I was struggling to explain <laughs> it to people. Um, basically, it, they had some cable ties, and he was going to tie Rhett was going to tie BJ Whitmer to the ropes. BJ counted and tied up Rhett. Uh, he kept punching him, Rhett refused to quit. He was like, no, I don't quit, dog. How no? How no? Don't. Hell no. Um, so then BJ Whitmer went and grabbed a chair, and then Steve Carino came out and sort of went on his knees and faced the other way, like turned his like, back to like, BJ like Whitmer. Like kind of a sacrifice. Yeah, himself. sacrifice. Yeah, and then BJ Whitmer stood there for about a minute when he had the leader of scum and a steel chair in his hand, and he just thought, hmm. Do I want to hit this guy or not? And then out of nowhere, Red Titus quit dog to to save Scum, the leader, I think. Is that... BJ Whitmer looks like a complete idiot in this situation. Not only could he take out Steve Carino easily, he could also take out Red Titus because he literally could not do anything with his hands tied to the ropes. Yeah, and you so, 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 there so, like a buffoon going, <laughs> What do I do? Do I hit people with this weapon where they can do absolutely nothing about it? Oh, uh, I don't know if I should. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, Stephen, what did you think of this match? Are you in agreement with me and John here? or? Yeah, my the, my first note was that Rhett Titus' hair was disgustingly awful. I mean, it was bad. And he's got, that like, short hair, and he's got, like, a stupid... Ponytail. If he yeah, cut the like, ponytail, it'd be fine. It's, it's, like a, it's like a reverse kind of mullet. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, weird. it's just on the sides and a party on top. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah. But, yeah, the match... Was very very disappointing. Um, I didn't. 
I wouldn't have minded the finish if it was all sort of sped up a bit. And but yeah, yeah. with Bree Whitman standing there for about thirty seconds, like holding a chair and looking at both of these guys, just letting them letting them hit them, and him just going, "Hmm, what do I do here?" It was just a bit stupid. I mean, I get the whole Steve Carino sacrificing himself and then Titus sort of saving him by saying give up and losing the match and not caring about losing the match. I get that, but I think it could have done, you know, been done a bit better. And Yeah, the I think the, the idea was fine. It was the execution that was just sloppy. I think the match could have gone longer as well. They could, they could have no, oh, no. Just, it, it went on too long. Just Well, I think if they'd have made it longer, they'd have been able to do more and just make it more interesting. It was just... It was yeah. just, it was just yeah, it, wasn't, it just wasn't a very good match. And then we had Scum quickly come out and interfere and beat down BJ Whitmer. So, so they were very beat down anyways. Might as well taking some people out in the process. That <laughs> I am so upset and angry about that. That was just stupid. I think you need to tweet BJ <laughs> Whitmer like you're an idiot. What did you do that for? Yeah. Um, so they they basically started the next match instantly, trying to make the fans quickly forget about the <laughs> I quit match we've just seen. So another thing to note is. Interferences were quite strong in this pay per view, which I'm not a big fan of, but maybe we'll talk about that at the end because we're at the third match here and two have already had interferences or some sort of outside shenanigans. So, And there's many more to come. Um, so when uh, I think it was Jimmy Jacobs and Cliff Compton were beating down BJ Whitmer, which he deserved for not hitting Karina <laughs> with a chair or something, uh, we then have Team Unbreakable, Unbeatable, whatever you want to call them. Michael Elgin and Jay Lethal came out to save BJ Whitmer from the attack, um, which then went straight into the tag match of Scum versus ROH. Um, BJ Whitmer seems to disappear. I, I don't know what actually happened to him, but I like Red Titus was sort of standing there, being a, he was attacked. Oh yeah, he disappeared like as well. Yeah, a minute, and then he just disappeared. It was like, mm, where did he go? <laughs> so we we have this tag match going on. The first time seeing Cliff Compton. I don't know if he's had a one-on-one match on TV, but nah. This is the smallest number of people in a match he's been in, if that makes any sense. What? I was hoping we'd get more of a chance to see him because he's only been in like the 10-man war and stuff, but we still didn't really get to see much of him, so I still can't really judge if he's worth having around, personally. So um, We then have a bit where Lethal tweaks his knee when landing on the outside, which was, I'm pretty sure it's a work, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it wasn't a work, it was really convenient perhaps to have Oh, that's true. Yes, it, basically, Tim was just waiting to come out just in case somebody got injured. <laughs> Jay Lethal realised that his team were going to lose, and he's unbeatable, so he had to go away so he didn't get pinned and ruined <laughs> the streak. Um, you know, it's funny how we were joking before that Jay Lethal can't be pinned because he's unbeatable. Michael Elgin can't be pinned because he's the number six contender. <laughs> so then, well, neither of them get pinned, and they still lose. Neither of them get pinned, so like. They got us there. They figured out a way so that neither of them could get pinned. So with Jay Lethal taken out to the back by the referees, um, it left Michael Elgin 2-1 and one against Jacobs and Compton, who honestly dominated them for quite a while, and he did some really impressive stru- stuff that we haven't seen since some of the old uh, squash matches he did on TV, where it was the handicap um, Ryback-style things. Um, but then Kevin Steen came out of nowhere, making his return to Ring of Honor, and sort of Somehow became Michael Elgin's partner. I think Nigel, Nigel McGuinness like, okayed it when he was right yeah. there at ringside. Oh, that's all right then. Nigel was at ringside and they just sort of looked at him and he just sort of nodded. Thumbs up. Then, yeah. So then, yeah, Kevin Steen became part of the match and he was actually pinned by Jimmy Jacobs. Um, he was Steen was going for a package pile driver on Compton and he was then rolled up from behind by uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who then picked up the win for Scum, which means that Scum now has an official ROH World title shot coming up, and Steve Carino is now on the commentary team. So, John, what did you think of this tag match? I thought the match itself wasn't really based around the in-ring action. It was more for the story. But yeah. there were still great... There were still uh, good segments of just great in-ring action, especially from Elgin, just with the... He held, I believe it was Jacobs up, for nearly a minute in the... That was impressive. Then he held Compton up for about 30 seconds in a uh, vertical suplex. And just his strength, it never gets old. Just watching what he does. He he stole the show here for sure, Elgin did. He's always impressive every time you see him. Exactly. Just his feats of strength just never get old. It's just incredible to see what he can do. And 
just the uh, when I saw uh, Jay Lethal get injured, I was like, oh god, not not this. Like you know, just... I thought he was going to turn heel, and I thought that makes no sense. I, I honestly thought he was as well. I thought he was just going to like Elgin was going to take a batter and get pinned, and then he was just going to come out lethal and be like, ah, screw you, Ring of Honor, and just be like and say fake the injury or something. I thought that was going to happen. But then when Steen came out and tried to take on Scum, I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. You know, it's kind of weird, but it's pretty cool. And then when he got beat, I thought this was perfect, like perfect booking because mm. Elgin was doing fine by himself. And then it was Steen trying to get back at Scum that that cost Ring of Honor in the end. So the Ring of Honor still doesn't have a reason to trust Kevin Steen, but he's still yeah. trying to get back at him. So I thought this was pretty well done in the end. Like, this is like a weird idea that worked. Unlike the I Quit match, which was a good idea that didn't work. Steven? Yeah, I have to agree with John, really. I think the the match itself, sort of the in-ring action probably took a backseat compared to sort of the storyline surrounding the match. I think it was booked really, really well. I don't think they could have done much more with it. Mm. Um, when, I, yeah, when I first saw Lethal get injured, I thought, oh dear, what are they going to do here? I honestly thought he was going to come down after the match or cost, you know, come down and cost Elgin the match and then turn here, which wouldn't have made any sense. But at that time, I wasn't you know, really thinking much. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the steam coming down was, you know, he got a huge pop from the crowd and that was was really good. And as John said, you know, him losing the match after Elgin was sort of taking control of, of both guys. You know, it sort of continues the Ring of Honor. Sort of, you know, should we trust this guy against yeah. against Scum, and you know, do we uh, sort of allow him to sort of join us against Scum? So it was just a really well booked uh, match uh, at the end. I thought it was going to end up being a bit of a, a bit of a cluster, really. But um, yeah, it was it was really good. And I know I keep talking about hair, but Jimmy Jacobs' <laughs> hair as well. What was going on with his hair? It was terrible. I think you know a few of the wrestlers have been to the barbers that day, and in Canada they obviously do things a bit differently. So. That's what happened. He looks like he got attacked by a lawnmower or something. <laughs> so, moving on to our next match. Uh, well, not match, really. It was a segment. We have Ardy Evans and Cutie Marshall in the ring. They were cutting a promo about... Well, I don't really know because I had really bad buffering here. Um, the fans started singing Fandango's theme from WWE for some silly reason. And Ardy um, Evans said, is that the Canadian national anthem? <laughs> yeah, and said it's a horrible song, which quickly shut them up. Um, and then he was interrupted by what first sounded like Taz's old music. <laughs> the lights Bad. went out and there was like heartbeat going on. I thought, oh, it's Taz. Um, but it wasn't. Um, it was Tommaso Ciampa making his big return to Ring of Honor, um, which I thought was quite well done, actually, how they did this, where they had the suspense of this sort of... You sort of knew who it was, and they had this. the lights went out, this weird music, you didn't have an idea, but then when Ciampa's theme hit, you knew it was him for sure, and... The one bad thing about this, the way this was done is that Kevin Kelly was like trying to play in, play along with the fans. Like, who is it? Who could this be? And then Norwich was like, it's a Sicilian psychopath on the screen. Like, <laughs> just gives it away completely instead of well, just they, sort well, of... Well, I mean, they showed it on the screen. It says Sicilian psychopath. Like, they did full screen of the iPay-per-view. Oh, no, but... no, no, they didn't live. Yeah, well, they did on the replay. Oh, like, that's It was weird. like zoomed right in on Sicilian psychopath. And then not even a two seconds later, who could this be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw, unless it buffered for me, I didn't see that bit. I just like we never actually saw the screen close up from the on the live show. Close up quite a bit on hmm. the replay. That is strange. Which is something I think they should take more advantage of because they have it there. Why not show things on it besides the logo? That's true. That's true. Um, I kind of hope. Uh, just another something. I kind of hope this becomes Champa's like normal entrance. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was, was like one of the cool, yeah. It was like one of the better entrances Ring of Honor's done in quite a while. Um, obviously, he heads for the ring straight away, tries to take down. I think he like gave Cutie like a spear, and then he set him up in the corner for his running knee strike. But R.D. Evans helped him escape, and they scurried off. So obviously, uh, Tommaso Ciampa will get his revenge at later point. But I'm glad to have him back. It's been a while. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy to see Ciampa back. I was really starting to like him before uh, he got injured. Mm. He started to have a string of really, really good matches. And I wish he would have got that knee on QT. I think that would have been got like would've a good mechanic pop. Yeah, you know, let him take one knee, and then as he goes for the second, then have Ardy 
carry him off. But because yeah, an extended feud between those two is not something I really want to see. Based on the TV tapings, there's not going to be a feud. I don't think. I, th- well, I think there'll definitely be a match because well, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have teased this, would they? And then if if they weren't going to have a match, they'd have just had him just destroy QT like with a uh, Project Champer or a knee or something. And well, with, with them screwing off like the way they did, it's gonna they're gonna have a match. Maybe it'll just be on TV or a house show, but they'll they'll definitely have some sort of match. I hope it's not a feud because I think Champer's too good at this point to be feuding with QT Marshall. He has a good feud lined up with him. We'll say that much without spoiling it. So, what I, what I didn't know is that Kevin Kelly said he's got revenge on the guys who injured him, but he didn't get injured <laughs> by them. It was uh, Jay Lethal. It was unbeatable Jay Lethal. The match, the two out of three falls match where he got hurt. So, Kevin Kelly needs to remember things better, I think. And then Kevin we get to the, in my opinion, the best match of the night: um, Eddie Edwards taking on. Ta- Ishimori Taiji. It, Taiji, there we go. Taiji Ishimori. Uh, Eddie Edwards defeated him with a diehard, and I was doing the live report for this, and I literally had nothing to write because it was just such a great match, and I was just too busy watching it, so I didn't want to sit there writing. And I did really enjoy this, and I hope we get to see more of Ishimori. Because so, going into this, we all joked that we had no idea who he was and that we just heard he was very good, and he completely delivered. He sort of... It was better than I expected, and I just hope he comes back. What about you guys? I completely agree. Was it just me as well who thought he looked a bit like a Power Ranger during his entrance? He did a bit. That is a good yeah. point. Um, yeah, he was. It was a fantastic match. It was just sort of the classic style of Ring of Honor match. It was, yeah. you know, it was quick. It, there was plenty of action. There was near falls. You know, whenever you thought it was going to stop, it kept going and kept going. And it was just, yeah, I think it was by far probably the, the best match of the night. I think it was one of the best matches you've seen this year. You know, I've not seen Ishimori before, but he yeah, he more than delivered. I was, you know, uh, I was expecting a good match anyway, but probably not as good as it was. Um, you know, Edwards is always, is really good as well. But um, yeah, th- this was just a fantastic match. And I really hope the, you know, the partnership with Noah continues because, um, and they def- definitely said that Marafuji was going to be back at some point, didn't they as well? I think so. Um, yeah. So that's good. So, yeah, hopefully this partnership can continue because, as I say, this was, in my opinion, the best match of the night. So hopefully we can see some more of the Noah guys come over and, uh, yeah, some really, some more, you know, really good matches on uh, on iPay-Per-View because these two gelled really well and um, mm. it was just a great match. John? I can't think of anything else to add other than what you two have said. It was a fantastic match. Probably in contention for Ring of Honor match of the year so far. It was by far the best match on the show and I hope to see uh, Taiji Ishimori in Ring of Honor again in the near future along with other uh, pro wrestling Nova talents it was one of those matches where you can't really say much about it because it was so good it was it was one of those matches that you definitely have you know if you haven't seen the show and you're considering buying it this is part this match is probably worth the $15 or whatever it is on its own so mm. it's one of those matches you sort of have to go and watch to really uh, appreciate how good it was yeah, I, when a match is this good, there's not, there isn't really much we can say. Just go and check it out. If you haven't seen the show, I'd, I'd definitely recommend buying it, probably just for this, to be honest. Um, then we get to our TV title match of the evening, where TV champion Truth Martini, <laughs> with Hoopla Hearties and Maven or someone at ringside, defeated Mark Briscoe to retain his title. Um, Truth Martini now has two Hoopla Hatties, as if one wasn't overshadowing Taven enough. He gets a second one, who Nigel commented that <laughs> has been training in the same gym, gym as Michael Elgin. So uh, She did look pretty formidable. Yes. I better be careful what we say about her, I think, actually, on here, just in case she listens. But um, another disappointing Matt Taven title defence, unfortunately. Yeah, he was once again overshadowed. I mean, straight from the entrance. Yeah. He says, he says Matt Taven on the screen. And who do we see first? We see Truth Martini. And then we with... see Scarlet. And then we see the other Hoopla Hattie. And then, then this guy with a watching. TV title comes out. Yeah. And then even when he's walking toward the ring, you can barely see him behind. Yeah, they, they, they hardly even show him. <laughs> <laughs> and even the commentary before and after the match. What is Truth Martini going to do next? Not, wow, what great athleticism and... You know, ingenuity by the tele by the television champion finding another way to hold on to his belt. 
And that's what they need to focus on, him finding ways to keep the belt. Because I think, you know, him as a cowardly heel could work if they put the focus on him finding ways to just, you know, kind of get beat up most of the match. But in the end, retaining the belt instead of just thinking, oh, Truth Martini's pretty wacky, isn't he? Yeah, the cowardly yeah. heel thing could definitely work. And it's not even the gimmick that I dislike, because I, I, you know, I quite like the gimmick. And I think it's, you know, something fresh in Ring of Honor. So I think that's fine. But it's just... I don't know if Taven, you know, he's, he knows that he's not the main sort of focus of the group and that's why, I don't know, his, his total defensive just haven't been entertaining. And I, I, I know we, have, we haven't sort of focused much on the in-ring stuff and that's not Taven's fault at all. But I don't know if, you know, the fact that Truth Martini is basically the TV champion is sort of affecting him a bit. And Yeah. The... I mean, he he did botch a couple of spots as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. There was one point I think when Mike Briscoe was going to like close line him out of the ring, and he just sort of ducked down, and that that was sort of a bit of an awkward thing. And then Nigel out of nowhere said he was going for the crippler cross face. It was like what? Yeah. That's random. And then he tried. I think he tried to do like a, a springboard, a springboard thing, and sort of slipped in there. And it was. Uh, I f- I feel a bit sorry for Taven in a way because he's just been overshadowed completely by Martini, and he's had. You know, none of his defenses yet have been that. You know, have been great. A few, a couple of them have been pretty disappointing, to be honest. So, I mean, I guess the only way is up for him, but I don't. I just don't know where this is. This is sort of going. He's going to be dropping that belt soon. This. And when he does, I mean, where does he go from there? I mean, I don't know. He's nothing without the belt at this point. Well, they, uh, they've they, not they, established him as an actual legitimate wrestler. At them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I said a few weeks ago when, you know, when he loses the battle, when he leaves Martini, is he going to be able to, you know, be able to sort of stay in Ring of Honor as a legitimate guy? Because you know, as you said, they haven't built him up before. You know, he sort of appeared out of nowhere, got a title shot, and then just won the title. And since then, he's been overshadowed and had disappointing matches. You know, he hasn't mm. been able to establish himself on his own. I mean, when he did have those matches on TV last, was it last year? You know, against Mondo, and he did look, you know, quite impressive. And I remember when they had the uh, the boiling point match for the the contract that QT Marshall won. Everyone was saying they hoped hoped Taven won. I, I believe WWE were looking at him at that time, weren't they? And that was, yeah. I mean, that was the reason why Ring Runner didn't pull the trigger on him then. So I mean, he's, he's definitely got what it takes. I mean, I, I get people are saying, you know, his promo skills are poor. And that, obviously that's why they've put Martini with him. But I mean, Martini didn't overshadow Algin or overshadow Strong this much when he was in the House of Truth. No. I know it's complete. I know it's a different gimmick now, and I get that with the you know the hoopla hussies and everything. But they they are overshadowing him too much. And unless they start focusing more on Taven and his matches, you know, get a bit more quality to them, I, I can't see him lasting very long as TV champion. And then I sort of worry about his future in the company before start really. John? Uh, once again, Stephen pretty much said it perfectly. <laughs> this may as well just be the Stephen cast, really. I think so. I mean, I, I did say when we previewed the show, sort of a three strikes and you're out for Taven, really. He's failing to impress yet again with another title defence, and I don't know what they should do. I mean, should they just not have him with Martini anymore, or... But I don't, would that work now that they've... I don't think it would, would it? Or uh, just... What about getting rid of the hoopla hotties? Would that help anything? No. Don't get rid of Scarlet. <laughs> the other one I, I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of... I don't want them to get rid of them, but maybe it's for the best. I don't the know. The thing is, I think, based, like we've been saying for weeks now, they need to take the focus off of Martini's antics. At least let Taven and, come out first. And maybe have... Martinis say like Taven's championship is the reason we get to live this crazy lifestyle because he brings the attention to us and stuff like that. I mean, uh, after Algin and Strong, you know, toss Martini aside, without Taven, he wouldn't be on the show. Let's face it. I mean, that is the fact. I mean, he wouldn't, you can't have a manager on a show without him managing someone. Well, there is a knight of hoopla, so he's got to go. <laughs> That's been fun, actually. But I mean, you say, you know, like the hoopla hotties and stuff, and I was thinking back to, you know, the embassy when obviously you had Prince Nana and Mia Yim and you even had like Ernie Osiris as well. Even though you had three people on the outside, they never overshadowed Tomasa Champa when he was in the embassy. I mean, I know sometimes there was a bit too much going, you know, um, on outside the ring, but yeah. they never overshadowed Champa. And so it, it can be done. You can have, you know, a couple of people on the on the outside without 
taking the focus completely off the guy in the ring, but they they have to do something because it's just it's not really working at the moment. I don't think the fans are really buying Taven as a as a legitimate champion at this point. Yeah. So we'll move on to our next match, which unfortunately there was widespread buffering issues during this one. I noticed that as soon as the match was about to start, most people's streams just went dead. Um, I was able to see bits and pieces of it. I think I saw maybe the last quarter, last third of the match in full, un- un- uninterrupted, and then bits of the rest. But um, Davy Richards defeated Paul London in a very good match, I must say. From what I actually saw, I, I was enjoying it. And when Davy hit that double foot stomp right in his head, that was insane. That was that he still kept going and then performed a shooting star press after taking that. That was crazy. And I'll go to you first, John, because Stephen has been sort of stealing all of your thoughts. What did you think of this one? I am the truth martini of this podcast. Yeah, you're overshadowing John, you and your hoopla hotties. <laughs> yeah, this match was incredibly good. It was great to see Paul Lennon back in Ring of Honor for the first time in 10 years or so, in about 10 years. And I thought him coming out in the same attire he wore in his last Ring of Honor match was a nice touch to the past and kind of played up everything that he, uh, that he was in Ring of Honor 10 years ago. Mm. And the match itself... I think he did a very good job of keeping up with Davey Richards. They pointed out in commentary several times that he was kind of getting gassed and everything. He was but, so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, he's so sweaty. <laughs> but I think, you know, he doesn't wrestle full-time, and he's going to get somebody who is known for going out wrestling 35, 40 minutes, especially during his main event run. So his ability to keep up with somebody like Richards was a great sign for how well he's been keeping himself in shape. And people were saying before the show, will we get a motivated Paul Lennon or not? And we obviously got, that's mm. obviously what we got, and he put on a great match. And I like seeing Richards kind of playing the heel against the Canadian crowd. I know we're yeah, not going to see that much going forward with him and Eddie Edwards teaming together, but it's always good to see that kind of side of Richards where he's just kind of mocking people as he's wrestling. But overall, this match was great. Yet I have to give Paul Lennon uh, props for continuing the match. After he got just double stomped right to the face, because mm. you could tell he was obviously out of it at that point, and Richards was, and they were both trying to kind of come up with a different ending on the fly, and what they came up with just the 450 getting shooting uh, star. getting blocked. Oh, shooting star! I'm sorry. Getting oh, blocked. I don't know if that would be a different ending. Like, hey, you're obviously knocked out. Let's do a shooting star press. I'm going to assume that was probably what they wanted. Well, it seems like maybe? they kind of rushed to that ending. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's what I meant to say, other than what I actually said. <laughs> but it seemed like I, I just the fact that he still was willing to go with that spot after getting the double stomped in the face mm. really shows his love for Ring of Honor, his how much he cares about the fans, and his love for wrestling in general. And I was happy to see Paul Lennon put on a phenomenal performance on his Ring of Honor return, and I wouldn't mind seeing him more in the, in the, in the uh, future. They did say on the TV tapings that he'll be coming back, so that's always a good thing. Uh, I, I I just loved Nigel's reaction when Davey stomped him on the face, and he was like, "He's dead! He's dead!" <laughs> and I love that we heard a another "Please don't die" chant directed to Paul London. <laughs> Wasn't it? Even though it was after he got as well. Yeah, even was... <laughs> even though it was after he got stomped right in the face. <laughs> yeah, as as John said, it was this was another really really good match. Um, you know, they had to you know they brought London in, and people were sort of you know questioning whether he'd be. Uh, you know, motivated whether he'd be a sort of another homicide, but I was really impressed. I hadn't seen him for a long time, um, but yeah, I thought he was he was really good. Uh, you know, he did well to keep up with Dave. He's probably one of the sort of uh, I suppose one of the hardest guys to keep uh, up with in in the ring. Uh, the amount of stuff he does and you know how well sort of um, you know he's sort of conditioned as as an athlete. So I thought he did really well, even though Kevin Kelly kept pointing out how much he was sweating, even though we could see it. we're not all blind, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a good match. It wasn't quite as good as Ishimori and Edwards, but it was pro- it was in my opinion the second best match on the card. Yeah, uh, I, I would definitely like to see Paul London again. I don't really know what he's doing in terms of wrestling. I don't know if he's doing you know indies in America or going overseas. I don't know, but if it's possible, I'd like to see him you know have more matches in in Ring of Honor because you know he looked motivated. He was in good shape. I think uh, you know after a few more matches as well, he'd definitely get back up to. 100% and would uh, be a great asset to have on the roster. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to sum it up, really. So we'll move on now to the main event, which is the Ring of Honor World title. 
as Jay Briscoe successfully retained against Adam Cole. There was no heel turn, no nothing, as I predicted. It, it, was, it was close. It was it was touch and go. I don't know which member of the forum warned me not to take a stand. All of them. Yeah, yeah. I should have listened. <laughs> I should have listened, but I think I think we warned you as well. I think we told you that they were going for Hardy against Briscoe, or at least Hardy against someone. Well, there we go. Unfortunately, I was wrong. You um, were wrong. I was, yeah. So, basically, the ref got taken out, and I was like, oh, here we go. I was excited. Yeah. I, was, I was ready to be, like, texting you two, like, aha, I was right. Um, I hope not, because you were watching it live, and we weren't. You just spoiled it for us. Karina <laughs> uh, then came out and tried to give Scum... Uh, tried to give Adam Cole a scum t-shirt. I don't know how that's going to help him win the match or anything, <laughs> but he tried to offer him a shirt. It was loaded with something. Ah. Um, while Cole was busy deliberating, he was doing a BJ Whitmer, Nigel McGuinness ran into the ring and gave Steve Carino a Tower of London. It was brilliant. That was brilliant, yeah. It was. Uh, that, that was that was perfect. Um, and then after this, while Cole was still deliberating and wondering about what the hell just happened... Jay Briscoe gave him a Jay Jeweler and retained the Ring of Honor World title. Um, after the match, they shook hands and then Adam Cole teased going to superkick Briscoe in the face and then didn't. He restrained himself and then headed out to the back and that was the end of the show. So, John, what did you think of the main event? And are you disappointed that there was no sort of heel turn by Cole? I wasn't disappointed by the lack of heel turn. I was disappointed by the quality of the match. I didn't think this was that good of a match at all. I kept on checking while I was watching. I just kept on clicking and seeing how much time is left in the show. I was like, come on, just end this already, please. <laughs> because this wasn't really a Jay Briscoe-type match. This was more of a technical wrestling kind of match when Jay Briscoe is more of a brawler. Mm. And they did it. I thought it told an okay story with every time Jay Briscoe was mounting offense. Adam Cole would go right back to the injured knee. Yeah. But just this match was disappointing and just kind of plodded along for 20 minutes or so. And the Steve Carino stuff was kind of stupid. Like, when's the last time we got, like, a really clean main event in a, to an iPay-per-view? Oh. Um, was it Glory by Honor? Final Battle? Was that clean? with El Generico, Kevin Steen? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's more of a gimmick kind of match. Though I'm I'm talking about just a one-on-one kind of. Yeah, it must be plenty glory banner. What was the main event then? Steen and uh, Elgin. Elgin. Oh yeah, yeah that... package pole drive after the second row, wasn't it? It wasn't the still scum coming out then. I'm like, no, I'm getting confused with the 11th anniversary. That wasn't scum. Scum was it? That was that was just when it was him, Carino, and Jacobs. It probably was at some stage in the match, but the ending wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there, John. I think it's kind of getting ridiculous. Like every single main event, it's kind of getting over, kind of getting Steve Carino or Scum involvement. Well, mo- because you're kind of just waiting for the ref bump at that point. Yeah. You know something's going to ha- something's going to happen. It's kind of turning into TNA a little bit. That's what I was waiting. I was waiting for the ref bump in the main event. You know, with how confident I was in my prediction and just sort of I knew because Carino had already came out and said he had a plan for later on, so you knew something was going to happen and. You run down the card, and Roderick Strong, Bennett had Cheeseburger coming out. The BJ Whitman match had Steve Carino sacrificing himself. Um, I don't think the Scum tag match had any interference, did it? No. No. Oh, it had, uh, it had the whole Steen shenanigans, though. Yeah, I suppose. So Matt, Matt Taven had... Um, we didn't actually talk about how Matt Taven won the belt, but there was... The, the, how did we not talk about this? I was going to mention it, but we'd already started talking about the next match. So yeah, the Hoopla Hearties were making out, distracting Mark, which... I, I loved Paul Turner's face, that was epic. Um, <laughs> For some then... reason, Mark Briscoe told him to stop. <laughs> Mark Briscoe was then distracted and then defeated, So, and then the main event has um, interference as well, so a bit of a shame. I, I, do, I do agree with what you're saying there, John. What about you, Steve? What did you think of the main event and the, and the finish? I have to agree with John. I, th- I was disappointed with the the quality of the match. I was I was expecting better from these two. I can't, you know, I get the whole going after the knee and everything, but I think maybe they they started the whole thing a bit too early in the match, so the whole match was sort of just it was slower than it needed to be, and you know, Briscoe had the whole knee thing going on for ages, and 
it I, I, it just wasn't my type of match. It was especially for a, a pay per view main event for the world title. It was just wasn't up to the standard we've seen with Steen's defenses. Um, yeah, unfortunately. That's very so, true. Um, in terms of the ending, the one thing I don't get about Steve Carino is that you know he was he was wrestling until a couple of months ago, and now he suddenly turns into this guy who's afraid of everybody. Like he just. He just let Nigel just completely destroy him. Like, Nigel's been retired for how long now? Over a year. Carino stopped wrestling about two months ago, and he's just like getting. He was destroyed. tag. He was tag team champion not long ago. Well, yeah, he was tag team champion until what eleventh anniversary? Final battle. Final, yeah, final battle. Sorry, final battle. So and, uh, that's the bit I don't get with Carino. I mean, I like Carino, but I, that that's just the bit I don't get. Um, in terms of the end, I just. I did. I just didn't really understand it. I mean, I was convinced that Cole was turning the heel because it looked pretty simple that that was going to happen. And then at the end of you know, as you, as you say, after the match when he, he goes to super kick him and decides not to. I mean, there's no way surely he can join Scum now because it would make no sense now he's done this that he's ref, you know. Although I suppose technically he didn't refuse because he didn't f- like throw the shirt on the ground or but anything. Because of them, he lost the match. Yeah, I suppose. And so now, I mean, you were saying before when we previewed, and I was adamant that Cole's going to turn that it doesn't really make much sense for him to join Scum. And now I actually agree with you because it it doesn't now. They they cost him the world title match. So so it unless something sense, yeah yeah unless something happens that gives him a reason, now now it just doesn't make sense. So it's the same thing with Jay Lethal. They had opportunities with with both guys there to have a main event leader of Scum who can actually put on the really good matches and give them some credibility and they've they've passed on both those opportunities maybe they're waiting on something else or maybe they're just focusing on Matt Hardy we don't know but I think they are I mean I think it's pretty obvious that Matt Hardy's going to be the the guy to you know to be the you know scum's main man so he's not going to win the belt is he well we hope not but it could could happen so yeah Cole turning here would or at least joining scum would make Little to no sense at this point now. They've missed the chance was there. They they could have done it, and it would have made some sense, I guess. I still would have liked to have, have him explain why giant scum, but it yeah, it makes no sense now. They've missed that chance. That's that's gone. So instead, we just get a, a tease, and we'll get lots of Kevin Kelly asking for this collusion. collusion. If so is, that, or, is, or, I mean, or, is Adam Cole is just turning? What is going through the mind of Adam Cole? What is going through the mind of Adam Cole? What is going through the mind of Adam Cole? He said it at least three hundred times. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, is this Adam Cole turning heel but not joining Scum? I mean, can we have another heel that's a, a, a top-level heel that's going to be mm, not there not apart now. from Scum? I, I don't see how that would work. Not now. Not with no. this. Because the Scum storyline is the main event storyline in Ring of Honor, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. So, everything really revolves around that in terms of heels versus faces, so... You can't really turn here without joining them, but at this point, joining them makes no sense. So, I, I'm just gonna have to sort of wait and see. They've obviously got something planned, otherwise they would have done it because it was the perfect opportunity. Yeah, they, this was the this was the chance. It was either yes or no, but now or never type of thing. And yeah, and I think he could still turn Hill down the line. I think that's probably what they they will do if he stays long enough. But I, I can't see it happening until I, you know this scum thing's done with because as we just said, it wouldn't. It won't make any sense for him to be because he's a main, he's a main event guy at this time now. Yeah, he's he's up there. He's a main event caliber guy. So to turn him heel now would make little sense. But we'll just have to see how they uh, book him the next few months. Mm. So unless we have anything else to add about the main event, nope, I don't think so. John, uh, no, no, that wraps up our review of Border Wars 2013. John, do you have an overall? Um, sort of count of who got the most predictions correct or i do i do go uh, ahead so far steven got everything right on this show oh yes except oh the two members of scum who would be wrestling oh, that doesn't count that's not a match we counted that i added it and it, so it was counted well i think you should uncount so it. He, he got all the sort of results he got every match correct yes i should i should start doing the pickums here on the forum i'd win oh Harry, you got all but two correct. Which uh, two? Mondo. <laughs> oh, well, that's not fair. He got, he, he's you should, got you injured. You should have done your scouting and saw that he was injured. <laughs> and then, then, like an idiot, you picked an Adam Cole heel turn. 
Yeah, that would have made sense, wouldn't it? And then I don't want to uh, <laughs> discuss which ones I got right and which ones I got wrong. Which ones? <laughs> how many did you get wrong? I got two wrong. Which ones? Which ones did you get? Did I you got I got Mike Mondo wrong. I didn't also did not do my scouting. Oh, you said Red Titus to win, didn't you? And I said Red Titus. Oh, but, that was silly. But I was the only person to guess Cliff Compton and Jimmy Jacobs. As the two members of Scum. I so, thought Harry said Cliff Compton and Jimmy Jacobs. He no, said I Jimmy said... Rave and Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, Jimmy Rave. Ah. The, the uh, magically disappearing, <laughs> the magician Jimmy Rave has <laughs> vanished to thin air. Um, so yeah, you have to keep uh, tabs on that, John, and we'll see later on if... if uh, give, you must just give it me now. If Stevens Undertaker Street can continue. <laughs> so before we wrap up the show, guys, let's go to... I'll go to you first, John. Why don't you give us an overall... Your overall thoughts on the show, and maybe maybe give it a score out of ten if you were to review it, which you will be at rhwitchell.com soon. <laughs> yes, I thought this was a good show, not a great show. I enjoyed, I enjoyed most of it, other than the awful B.J. Whitmer Rhett Titus match. Ugh. But this was probably the weakest eye pay per view they've done this year, which which really states the quality of the shows they've done this far, rather than this yeah. rather than the quality of this show. I'd have to give it a 7 out of 10. Steven? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say 7. It was Again, it was a good show, but I would definitely say it was it was weaker than 11th Anniversary and Supercard of Honor. But yeah, it was, you know, 7 out of 10 is still good. Uh, you know, 12 months ago, we'd have said this was an amazing show compared to the ones we were getting then. That's true. I, I think because of the, the quality of the shows have, have gone up, we're maybe a little bit disappointed with a couple of the matches. But overall, it was, you know, it was a good show. We had, you know, the, the two matches, in, including... The guys who've been brought in, Ishimori and London, were both really, really good, especially Ishimori and Edwards. Uh, and the, the the opener as well was, was was fantastic. So it was definitely worth fifteen dollars if you're considering buying it. You know, definitely go ahead and buy it because it was it was you know a great show. Um, you know, for that that sort of money. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say seven out of ten. It was it was good, but probably the weakest pay per view of the year. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Seven out of ten probably sums it up well. I think every pay-per-view they've done since Glory Bona last year have been so good, of such a high standard, and this is the first one where I feel things have slipped ever so slightly. I, I mean, think it was the main event that maybe... Yeah. Because the main events we've had you know, the last six months or so with, with Steen as champion, they've all been fantastic, and I think the quality of the main event slipped a bit. If it had been a great main event, we'd have probably all been giving it an A and said it was just as good as an anniversary show true. or Supercard yeah. of Honor, so... I think, yeah, maybe just the main event brought it down a little bit. Mm. I mean, it's it's better than the ones we had last summer, like Bowling Point and Death Before Dishonor, but it's just slightly below what we've been getting recently since Glory Barna. So, yeah, overall, a decent show, and as Stephen said, I, I'd still recommend you watch it. So, for the price, you can't really complain, to be honest. And, uh, well, that brings an end to this week's ROH cast. We do hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Okay, no thank you from John. Thank, but, you, thank you on behalf of John. Um, yeah, we'll be back very soon with another episode. We've got uh, spoilers from the latest TV tapings to talk about with all of the matches being, or not all of, but several matches being set for Best in the World. So we'll be back again very soon to talk about those. Just keep an eye on rhworld.com and iTunes for when the show has been published. And if you do enjoy the show, be sure to leave a review and let us know. Or maybe just send us an email with any feedback and anything you'd like to change. So thank you for listening and we'll see you all soon.